Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Black Fashion History, the podcast that teaches you all about the contributions of Black people worldwide to the fashion industry. I'm your host, Taniqua Russ, and as always, I'm excited to share with you all today. So as fashion lovers, we know that fashion is art. You know, that's why we have things like the Met Gala, we have the Moda, we have all of these contemporary fashion museums all around the world that showcase fashion as art. Today, we're going to get into one artist in particular who used her fashion design skills to illustrate the feelings and the cultures of Black America, all in an effort to inspire us and produce positive imagery and representations of Black people. So sit back and relax while we get all into the life, career, and impact of fashion designer, artist, and vintage shop owner, J. Jarrell. But Lois Alexander Lane did, and today we're going to get into her story. So you want to start a podcast, right? I know it can seem really daunting and complicated to have to think through how to record it or how to edit it and even how to upload it. But don't worry about any of that. I'm about to give you the only tool you need to create an A1 top-of-the-line podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can even start making money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Now all you have to do is download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm, that's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M to get started today. Now let's get back into our content. Jay Jarrell was born Elaine Annette Johnson in 1935. She grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, where she came from a long line of clothiers, so to speak. So her grandfather worked as a tailor and her uncle owned a haberdashery shop, which is basically a men's clothing shop. Now, this exposure to clothing and fashion by the people in her family led her to learn more about fashions, fabrics, weave, and fibers. Growing up, her mother used to take her to a variety of vintage and clothing shops, which really sparked her love for fashion. Jay attended Bowling Green State University and moved to Chicago to attend the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. During her early years in Chicago, she began going by the name Jay. Remember, her birth name is Elaine Annette Johnson, and Jay was the reverse order of the initials of her maiden name, and it was on the recommendation of a co-worker at Motorola that she started to go by Jay as her fashion name. In the spring of 1963, she debuted her first collection and opened a store thereafter. She opened her store near the historic Hyde Park area and named it Jay of Hyde Park. She later opened Tadpole Togs, which was a children's clothing boutique, and that launched her into her career as a fashion designer, artist, and vintage clothing dealer. 
1968, Jay Jarrell, along with her husband and fellow artist, Wadsworth Jarrell, worked with several other black artists, namely Jeff Donaldson, Barbara Jones Hogu, and Gerald Williams, to found the African Commune of Bad Relevant Artists, also known as Afrocobra. The goal of the collective was to provide a positive representation of the African diaspora. In the words of J. Jarrell herself, the thing that Afrocobra achieved was in setting up a philosophy of positive imagery. We made an effort to raise a consciousness. In our hearts, when we put this all together, we thought it was going to be an explosion of positive imagery. I saw a result of our raising the consciousness, particularly about our history. Jay Jarrell will go on to create most of her work as part of the Afrocobra Collective. So she didn't create fashion as a typical designer, meaning with a collection or a line, but she created fashion as art pieces. Her pieces were unique and incorporated textiles design done on leather or suede, tie-dye, screen print, hand print, applique, basically anything she could find. And she created them as part of Afrocobra's exhibitions and to make a statement about what was happening in the world, especially with African Americans during the 1960s. One of her most known creations is the revolutionary suit. She created this suit in 1969 and then remade it in 2010. And it was a two-piece women's suit made of gray tweed. The skirt was a mini A-line skirt with a matching jacket that was collarless with scalloped edges filled with brightly colored wooden dowels created to resemble an ammo bandolier shoulder strap. And that's basically the strap that you see in war movies where the soldiers have their bullets that's called a bandolier and that was the inspiration for that particular part of the jacket. Jay Jarrell created this suit as a commentary on clothing for protest and revolution, and it had a dual meaning. So the bandolier represented ammunition, not just for revolution, but also ammunition for creation. It was a statement about pride and self-determination, all in one gorgeous fashion piece. The suit even inspired a Jet Magazine article called Black Revolt Sparks White Fashion Craze and the article addressed white mainstream media and cultural appropriation very similar to a lot of the articles that we read today when it comes to the representation of blackness in fashion. So while much has changed, also not much has changed. Another one of J. Jarrell's famous pieces is known as Ebony Family. Now, Ebony Family was a velvet shift dress with a collage depicting a black family with their faces formed like African masks. She used lots of bright colors, which she referred to as Kool-Aid colors, spelled C-O-O-L-A-D-E, a term coined by her, which were the colors of Kool-Aid drink flavors and it was her way of paying homage to black culture by using many bright quote-unquote Kool-Aid colors in her artwork and she created the Ebony family as part of the Ebony family Afrocobra exhibit. The Ebony family dress was her political stance and it was an illustration that the nurturing strong loving black family is a real thing. 
which believe it or not was a strong statement giving a lot of the images of African Americans of black family specifically that were being shown at the time. The following year in 1969, J. Jarrell created the third most famous suit that she's known for, which is the urban wall suit. It was inspired by graffiti and the regular artwork that you would see when you go to any of the urban streets or the black neighborhoods in Chicago. The suit was meant to be a representation of the message boards that you typically see in communities in the 60s or the 70s. She upcycled fabrics from her stores and her previous works to create a patchwork skirt suit for the urban wall suit and laid the fabrics in a pattern that resembled bricks and outlined it so it looked like a wall. Then she included posters with messages and bright colors and graffiti inspired markings on the suit with messages that read vote democrat soulful and black princess every aspect of this suit served as the physical embodiment of what you would see in black neighborhoods in ways that young black people communicated with each other and just express the feelings the thoughts and the artwork of the black revolution at the time and that was one thing Jay Jarrell was and is honestly because she still creates today extremely good at which is taking the feeling of the time as well as the imagery and illustrations of black culture and bringing that to life through fashion. And while she created these pieces as part of exhibitions or as art pieces, she also wore them. And that just reminds me that fashion really is a medium of art and it's wearable art. I think for me, I take that for granted because I'm used to using fashion as a tool for style and expressing creativity, but it isn't often that today we see designers making a stance using their fashion, which is one of the reasons why I love Kirby Jean Raymond from the designer behind Pierre Moss because he is consistently using his clothing as statement pieces to speak to what's happening today. He has a very Nina Simone approach to fashion, which is using your art to speak and illustrate the time. And I love Jay Jarrell for that. I love Kirby for that. And every other designer that's out there that is creating clothing not just for aesthetics or to make a whole bunch of money but to be a picture of the world and an illustration of their viewpoint it's very important that we use our art to speak back to jay jarrell she eventually stepped away from the afrocobra coalition and shifted her art and design focus from fashion to sculpting and constructing furniture you know she's still alive today and still creating masterpieces of art her work has been showcased in exhibitions at the museum of contemporary art in cleveland at the smithsonian at the museum of contemporary art chicago and currently all of her garments are held in a permanent collection in the brooklyn museum of art
And that's it, guys. Thanks again for tuning into another episode of Black Fashion History. If you loved what you learned here, share it with a friend. I know you're tempted to hoard and keep all the knowledge to yourself, but history and knowledge is best when we can share it with the world. Head over to our website at blackfashionhistory.com where you'll be able to see all of the sources that I use for today's episode, as well as some images of the beautiful pieces by J. Jarrell that we discussed today. But most importantly, if you do nothing else, tune in again next week for another Black Fashion History installment. Bye-bye.